Welcome to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast, where you get real and practical advice on how to go from wearing boots to wearing a suit. We've got you covered on advice from writing resumes to killing it in an interview. Be sure to check out this podcast and more at transitionvetcoach.com. And now your host, former Navy Lieutenant Pat Bergstresser. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast. This is your host, Pat Bergstresser, thanks so much for joining us today. If you have not caught an episode of this before, uh, this is a podcast where we give transitioning veterans actionable advice to get through their transition. There's not a roadmap out there. There's not a a tactical SOP. There's not a, a memo or anything that tells you exactly how to go through this process. And that's because everybody has a different uh, route that they take. But we're here to give you the basics, the the key steps that you need to take to make your transition to success. Uh, and we're going to do that through this podcast as, as well as our website. Uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's transitionvetcoach.com. Uh, again, I'm your host, Pat Bergstresser, former Navy lieutenant, been through the transition myself, three years out of the military, still learning, uh, but here to provide uh, some some tips and, and, and advice that I've learned along the way, uh, both as someone who transitioned myself, like I said, but also as someone who does interviews uh, for, for other transitioning veterans who, who are getting out. So I've seen what works for other people, what doesn't work for other people. And so I'm here to, 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 to give you guys advice on how to go about that. So if you've been listening along, we're currently in the uh, interview series. So the first interview or the first series that we did for the podcast was on the resume and how to write a resume uh, and get a, a good solid resume when you're first getting out. The current series we're on is is the interview series. So you, you've got your resume figured out. You finally secured an interview. Now, how do you go about it? Uh, and so we're going about that from a military perspective. We're all familiar with military boards, uh, whether they're promotion boards or sailor of the quarter boards or whatever, and also just military interviews in general when you're interviewing for more selective roles. Uh, but interviewing in the civilian world is different. Uh, they're looking for different things. And the way you interact with people you're interviewing with is different. And so we're uh, going through step by step, how do you approach those types of interviews? And this episode is going to be about the tell me about yourself question. Whenever you go into an interview, you are invariably going to get asked early on in the interview to by the interviewer to, where they're going to say, tell me about yourself. Sometimes they might, and they may not use those words exactly. They might say, walk me through your resume. They might say, tell me about yourself. They might say, you know, do you want to give us a little bit of an introduction? They're going to say something like that. And what that is, is an opening for you to give them a, a three to five minute background on who you are. Before you get to the interview, you may be in a situation where you need to give what's called an elevator pitch. And an elevator pitch is like a 20 to 30 second intro. Uh, and that's really where you're more than likely the most, and I mean, it's called the, the, the elevator pitch because the idea is you're on an elevator with some senior executive and you only have a few seconds to give them uh, an introduction of yourself and you want to grab their attention enough to invite you for an interview. That's kind of where the term comes from. Realistically, where you're going to see this elevator pitch used is when you're on like a if you're at like a hiring conference or a job fair, there's like hundreds of booths and you're going up to booths talking to different employers. They're going to say like, hey, give me your pitch. Give me your, you know, your intro. Tell me a little bit about yourself. They're not looking for three to five minutes there. They've got a lot of people to talk to. They're looking for 20 to 30 seconds for you to say, you know, say your name, what your background is, where you went to school if you want, like what, 
you know, and what's unique about you? Why should they hire you? Why should they give you an interview? And so we're going to talk about both of those in this episode. We're going to talk about the, the three to five minute version. How do you approach that? What do you talk about? What do you stress? What do you not stress? And then taking that long version and condense it down to your elevator pitch uh, so that you have both in, in your arsenal uh, as you're approaching this process um, and, and to make sure that you're stressing the right things and that you're not getting too caught up in, in, in military terms. Because uh, you know, as you approach this transition, whether you're currently in or you haven't started, everybody knows that you're going to be dealing with 99% of the time civilians and people who are never in the military. And for the most part, people who have no association with the military. And so, you know, we're in, we're in a time where like people are more disconnected with the military than ever before. I mean, people are saying, thanks for your service, which is great. But if you just look at like socially, the country is just way more disconnected. We have very few veterans in Congress now. And if you look at like the average American and how many veterans they're like associated with in their social group, it's like the small, I don't know what the number is off the top of my head, but it's the smallest it's ever been. And so people just inherently are not connected with the military. And so you just got to be really careful with making sure that you're not using language that they're not familiar with and building a an introduction that allows them to connect with you. Um, because ultimately, that's what this is all about. This is, this is when you're first starting out your interaction with these people you're interviewing with. And it's kind of like a first date. Like you, you know, when you're on a first date with someone, you know pretty quickly whether or not you're connecting with them and whether or not it's going well. Uh, and, and this is kind of the same thing. You're, you're, getting to know somebody for the first time, you're going to walk into this room, the person you're going to interview with, you've probably never met before. And that first couple minutes is their opportunity where they're going to decide whether they like you or not. Having said that, if you don't start out well, you can certainly recover through your answers and whatnot. But that first impression goes a long way. And we want to make sure that when you're talking about yourself, you're talking about yourself in an interesting and compelling way uh, but you're still coming off as humble, not coming off as braggy, and not coming off as some like super type A, loud mouth, like military person who's not ready to get out of the military yet. Uh, and so we're going to walk you through that process and talk about how to approach it. So when you're looking at this long form version, uh, there, there's, there's a lot of questions that you kind of want to answer. You don't want the interviewer to have to ask them, um, but they're likely things they're thinking about. These are things like, where are you from originally? What is your family like? What activities were you involved growing up? Why did you join the military in the first place? Why is your military experience, you know, relatable to what we do? Because they're not going to know that, hey, maybe you worked in finance in the military and you have a lot of experience there. And while it's DOD, government-related finance, it's still finance experience. They might not realize that. Or they may not realize, like, a lot of the leadership traits you pick up if you're, you know, an infantryman or something like that. So, that that's something that they're going to want to know. And that's something you can touch on in the interview. One thing that you want to keep in mind as you're going through your, your introduction and, and telling them about yourself is in corporate America, it's almost entirely first names only. And if it's not first names, somebody will tell you. So always assume that it's first names. There are some cases and some companies where like senior executives or like really old people go by Mr. or Mrs. something like that, but you really don't need to worry about that. They will tell you if you need to address someone as Mr. or Mrs. Uh, just go with first names unless you're otherwise told. More than likely, when you first walk into the room, you've already shook their hand and introduced yourself. So you don't need to do that again as you're going about this, this uh, tell me about yourself uh, monologue that you're about to go on. Uh, they already know your name. Don't, don't waste any time on that. What you do want to start off with is thanking them for their time, 
It's kind of a generic thing that most people do, but you want to make sure that, that you recognize that they're giving up 30, 45 minutes, maybe an hour of their day to talk with you, and that's time that they could be spent doing their job. And then a lot of times, these people are volunteering to be part of the interview process. You know, I currently work at Capital One, and when people sign up to do what our on-site interviews are called, which are called Power Days, they give up half of their day. To, to do the interview. And a lot of these people are relatively senior. I mean, sometimes executives are giving up half of their day to go sit down and spend an hour with four different people. Uh, and that's just the way it's scheduled. You typically sign up and you, and you spend, you know, eight to 12 or nine to one or something like that doing interviews. But they're giving up a lot of their time. And so you just want to just, just very quickly just say, hey, thanks for your time. I understand you're busy. You got a lot going on. And I really appreciate you spending a, a few minutes to get to know me. Then you want to move into your background. So this is where you're going to talk about what kind of family you come from and what makes you who you are. People naturally are drawn to like personal stories. And so if you can start off personal, it's going to allow you to humanize yourself with the interviewer right off the bat and set an opportunity for you to connect with that person uh, very easily. A lot of times, you know, coming down, what, what it comes down to when you're trying to win an interview is being likable. And so uh, if you can use those personal stories to be likable, that's going to make them like you. And, you know, when you're talking about personal stories, like what, what kind of things should you talk about, things that, that are relatable to other people or, or help you define who you are. So, you know, a lot of people in the military are immigrants. They come from another country. Or maybe they came to the country when they were 18 and they joined the military so that they could become, so that they become, become an American citizen. I mean, that's a fantastic story, a really compelling story and really interesting and something you should absolutely talk about. Uh, another options are maybe your family had a small business growing up and you were really involved in that and that taught you hard work, you know, uh, your work ethic, stuff like that. Or maybe you were an Eagle Scout and you first learned about leadership in the military through that. Something that early on in your life defined you who you are. A lot of times in these tell me about yourself phases or introductions, people like to focus on work. They just want to talk about their professional experience. Uh, but like we said, we want to start off personal and go back to when you're five years old if you have to. Maybe there's like a really interesting story that happened to you when you were like eight years old and that really kind of defined you as a person and helped you develop into the person you are today. That's way more interesting to them than you talking about some metrics related to one of your achievements at one of your jobs. You're going to get to that. You're going to have the opportunity to talk about your success stories. But if you can start off with that personal thing that really draws their attention in, that's really where you're going to hook them. And then you can talk about everything else and, and the, the whole reason you're there, which is to interview. So start off personal, but again, don't dwell on it too much because like I said, you're not there to be their best friend. You're there to uh, prove why you're the right person for the role you're interviewing for or why you're just the right person to be in their organization. And at some point, you got to get off the personal and talk about the professional. So, so don't dwell on it. The next thing you want to talk about is, is college. Uh, if you went to college, obviously, if your major, uh, you could talk about where you went, why you chose to go there. Some people went to places because they're really passionate about it. Some people just went to college because they're supposed to, and some people didn't even go. Maybe you went while you were on active duty. That's a really great story to talk about working full time, going to college at nights. Maybe you're married with kids as well. Like that really says a lot about you as a person because not everybody can do that. So that's a really interesting thing um, that I would touch on if it's relevant to you. And you want to talk about what your major was maybe like if it's relevant, you know, if you, if you majored in engineering and you became an engineer in the military, 
you know, obviously great. Maybe you're an astronautical engineer and you ended up flying planes, something like that. Talk about it if it's really relevant. I would just mention it just so that, you know, they know what you majored in. And, and that kind of says something about you as a person, whether you're you know, technically inclined or not, or, uh, or maybe you're, you know, just kind of says a little bit about who you are as a person. Um, and then you want to go into why you joined the military. They're going to ask you that if you don't tell them. So you might as well tell them, why did you join? It's not cheesy to say, I wanted to serve my country. I wanted to do something that my family could be proud of. There's nothing wrong with any of that. And there's also nothing wrong with saying, hey, I want to join the military because they had the GI Bill so I could get college for free. Like, there's nothing wrong with saying that either, right? There's no wrong answer here because ultimately you chose to do something noble that you should be proud of and they're going to be proud of for you. And so you can just be honest with them about why you joined because at the end of the day, you, you served, and that's a really good thing, and there's no wrong reason to go do it. So just be honest about why you joined, because ultimately you're going to be reflecting on this military experience with them, and they're going to find that you got a lot of good good things out of it. So just be honest about why you joined. There's nothing wrong with that, whether it's a really noble reason or perhaps a more personal reason. Uh, no, no issues with that. Next, you want to go into your big picture successes. So you want to talk about maybe two or three of your big successes that you had in the military, and how did you set yourself apart from your peers when you had those successes? Uh, you don't want to sit here and give them a laundry list. Of, you don't want to read them your resume of bullet by bullet. They can do that. They may have already read through your resume or skimmed it at least. You want to tell them about the big picture things and like why that makes you the right per- person for the job. And keep in mind that if you're interviewing for a logistics job and you were an engineer in the military, don't tell them about your engineering successes. Tell them about your logistics ones. Tell them about the ones that are relevant to the job you're interviewing with. And you don't have to have like super, the the, the success itself doesn't have to be necessarily in the same field for the job you're interviewing with. There's ways to take a success you had and turn it into a relatable success for the type of job you're interviewing for. So really give your resume a hard look and make sure that, and you probably had to do that when you were writing your resume for this particular job. A lot of times you have to really translate the, the the bullets and translate what's on the page into a way that's relatable for the job you're interviewing with. So for example, I work at Capital One and I'm a business analyst uh, and I tell people all the time that when they are writing their resume to, to initially get started in the process with us, I take a look at their resume, um, give them some feedback, but more often than not, the biggest piece of feedback that I give them is... M- to, to translate the resume into a more strategy and analytics-oriented resume. Everybody in the military has done strategy. You may not have really called it that. Typically, it's called the J5 shop or the, the, you know, the N5 or whatever, the planning shop. But even if you weren't in the, in the 5 shop, you, you still were doing some sort of strategy development uh, at whatever level you were at. Maybe it was more tactical, maybe it was more strategic or operational, whatever level of, of the chain you were at, uh, you know, d- depending on whether you were in a ground unit or a higher headquarters or, or you know, wherever. Um, but everybody's got some strategy involved. And that's what I talked to them about. I'm like, hey, believe it or not, you've got some strategy experience. Let's talk about that a little bit. And then we talk about analysis. And analysis doesn't mean slicing and dicing numbers. Analysis is more of like, uh, digging into an issue and developing a well thought out analysis of all the different factors of a decision you're trying to make or, or something you're trying to work through and, and being able to uh, clearly articulate all those different facets and what your recommendation is and how you want to go about uh, breaking down the problem and, and working towards a solution. And so when you're going through your successes, you want to bring those successes 
that you've had as relevant to the job you're interviewing for. And so that's going to take some time and some thought and some introspection. And you're going to have to do that for every different interview you have. So this is why like preparation is key. I talked about that in one of the other interview podcasts. Um, It's really important to make sure that you spend the time ahead of time. And I'm glad you're listening to this in advance. But this is perhaps the most important part of the tell me about yourself is you only really want to, you only really have time to cover two or three big successes. And those successes not only need to be, you know, probably your more impressive successes, but they also need to be tied to whatever you're interviewing for as best you can. And they need to say something about you as a person. So really, this is kind of the meat of it. This is where I would spend some time really coming up with like the, and you might walk from one interview where you talk about two successes and go to another one where you talk about two different ones. And that's totally fine, right? You want it to be tailored to the job you're interviewing for um, and tailored to the person you're interviewing with to make sure that they understand that, that you really are the right person for the job and you have the requisite experience for that position. As you're going about this, you know, one thing to keep in mind uh, is there's kind of two different ways to approach these interviews for veterans. Some veterans are really humble and they don't really ever want to say me, 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 I, I, I. And so for those people, the approach is, hey, this is the time to brag about yourself. There's other people in the military who are really arrogant and love to talk about themselves and love to be loud mouths and talk about how awesome they are. Those people need to tone it down. (laughs) All I would say is be honest about what your successes are and what your role was in those, but at the same time, be humble because at the end of the day, they're evaluating you as a person. Remember, they got to like you. And if you're being braggadocious and over the top, they're not going to like you. So be honest about your successes, but be humble and just say, hey, this is what I did. Um, and say it, you know, so humble really comes from saying it in a way that's humble, uh, being open and honest about where your successes are is just, just being open and honest about it and saying what they were. Lastly, you're going to have to close up with why you're getting out and why you're interviewing for this job. Obviously you're getting out of the military. You can't do both at once. And this is perhaps one of the most important aspects of this is explaining why you're in that interview today, which ultimately comes down to you're getting out of the military. It's really easy to sit there and talk about how you're tired of the deployments, you never get to see your family, you're you know, tired of getting yelled at, tired of getting up early, tired of shaving, tired of getting a haircut every week or two, all that kind of stuff. That's really easy, but that's not what they want to hear, right? I mean, they want to know why. They might, they might be ask, ultimately ask you why you're getting out of the military if you don't address it, but ultimately they want to know. And talking about the negatives is just allowing them to focus on the bad things about the military. That's not what you want them to think about. You want them to think about why you're joining their organization and why you're the right person for the job. And so what you want to focus on is how you're a results-oriented individual. You're looking for a meritocracy-based promotion system and growth opportunity. And in the military, it just isn't that. And we all know that. Whether you're an E1 or an O10, Everybody in the military knows that it is bureaucratic, and that is something that, to the mili- to all the different services' credit, they're trying to address. You know, I was a former uh, JMO, uh, junior military officer is like the generic term you'll hear outside of the military once you get out. Obviously, you know, the Army, Air Force, Marine Corps, CGO, and then mil- in, in the Navy, it's uh, JO, junior officer. One of the common issues that... that that is going on right now in the military and uh, something that I discussed a lot of times with my wardroom, uh, which in, in, for those of you who weren't Navy wardroom is like the officer, the, the officer group in your unit. Uh, we talked a lot about why are junior officers getting out? And one of the big issues is junior officers, you know, once you, 
you know, oh, obviously you start out as 01, 02 is promotion is basically automatic, don't get a DUI, and then 03 is automatic, don't get a DUI. But then usually then you start trimming people out as they go from 03 to 04, that's when the promotion boards start. And one of the issues is a lot of officers are getting out because they feel like, hey, everybody gets to 04 as long as they check the right boxes, uh, which for by and large, that's kind of the case. And the military is trying to figure out how do we keep people in. And one of the problems is, you know, in the Navy, it was always based on your year group. You could only, you were only eligible for, for promotion once your year group was eligible. And it was like, well, hey, my year group's a bunch of dopes. I'm ready to promote quick. Why can't I promote quick? You know, some people are destined to be a two-star general, and some people are destined to be a lieutenant or O3 for the rest of their lives because they're not great leaders, right? And in, in, in the civilian world, that's how it works. Some people stay at a same level forever because they never get any better, and some people become leaders in their organization. Um, and the military has an up or out system. You either get promoted or you get kicked out. And uh, I think right now the military is doing a lot of introspection as to whether they should even maintain the system that they have and turn it on its head. The problem is the people leading the organization came up in the old school and they've been doing it for 40 years. So it's really hard to get them to turn it on their head, especially when most of them never had private industry experience. Like they didn't come into the military after doing 20 years in the private industry and seeing a different way of doing things. Um, So I think the military is going through that right now, figuring out how do we make promotions more uh, based on results and successes and less focused on just the time and grade and checking the right boxes. And I know there's a lot of folks in the Navy from the enlisted side who hated the fact that you got promoted based on volunteer efforts and what your collaterals were. You know, every time I I remember this vividly working on evals with my troops, you know, I would always force them to write the first draft, not because I needed them to, but because I wanted them to learn how to write evals. And I always told them you need one bullet on volunteer efforts, you need one bullet on your collaterals, and then you need one bullet on your job. And invariably, invariably, they would say, sir, why the fuck do I have to focus on, why do two of my three bullets need to be on something that's not work-related? And I got it, right? Like I understood and I, I shared in their frustration, but I also knew what was needed to get them promoted. And so I told them what to do to get promoted and to, to, to get ranked higher and have a better eval. But ultimately, I knew they were frustrated with that too. And Navy, the last CNO who just retired, I think was making some good steps towards moving away from that and, and, and allowing troops to get more promoted based on doing a good job. But at the end of the day, it's a problem throughout the military and something that they need to figure out. And it's a great excuse for you to use while you're looking to get out. And it's a great thing to focus on. Um, but again, as you're addressing this, you don't want to focus on the negative and, and why the military is bad. You want to focus on what you're looking forward to. Hey, I'm getting out because I'm tired of the way the military does this thing. And I'm really looking forward to working in your organization because I know you guys are results oriented and I am too. And I'm really looking to contribute and prove my, my worth and show you guys how I can add value to your organization. Like you really, you want to address that negative right off the front. Like this is why I'm getting out, but you want to quickly move to what you're looking forward to and, and, and the fact that you're getting out because you love getting shit done and doing it really well and you're tired of a system that doesn't let you do that, so you're going to a system that rewards that kind of attitude and that kind of out, outlook. And so that's really what you want to focus on. So kind of in summary, pulling this all back, as you do this introduction, first you're going to kick it off with your background, right? Thank them for for their time, but then move into your background. Talk about a personal story, something that makes you you, Uh, maybe some stuff you did in high school, maybe you're in the band or soccer team, football team, whatever, chess club, key club. I always heard about key club in high school. I still have no idea what 
Key Club is. I'm pretty sure it has nothing to do with keys. But if you're president of the Key Club, uh, <laughs> feel free to talk about that. Uh, activities growing up, uh, maybe things outside of school. Maybe you're in martial arts. Maybe you're an Eagle Scout. Maybe you're Girl Scout. Maybe you're, you know, whatever. Uh, talk about stuff outside of school growing up. Um, uh, maybe, you know, like I said, maybe you worked in your family business. Maybe uh, you did something unique like that. Find those stories that are really interesting and would draw people in. You want to draw them in, build that personal connection right off the bat. Talk about college next. If it's applicable, uh, you know, it wouldn't really dwell on it. Talk about where you went to school, what you majored in. Maybe if you're involved in some key things at school, maybe you were in the band there. You played. If you were an intercollegiate athlete, I would definitely mention that. That's a you know, pretty successful thing to accomplish. So talk about those things. Um, maybe in college you won some awards or something like that. You know, cover that. But, but college, you really, maybe 30 seconds on this, you really don't want to dwell on it. Then why'd you join the military? We talked about that at length, so I won't cover that. Uh, again, but just talk about why you joined, then hit your big successes. How did you set yourself from uh, apart from your peers? And remember to be humble as you're going about this. Don't be arrogant. And then lastly, why you're getting out, and that's really where you're going to close it up. And remember just to be positive. Um, that's the key when you're talking about why you're getting out. And if you somehow don't address it, sometimes you'll do your telling me about yourself and people start asking you questions in the middle of it. And don't get flustered by that. That just means they're interested in you and they want to talk to you and they don't realize you're going through a monologue. And that's fine. So just let them talk with you. You don't have to pick up your tell me about yourself again and, and go back into your monologue once you're done with this with the sidebar with them. Just just let the conversation flow. So I've been plenty of time I've, there. I've been in plenty of situations where I was doing my tell me about yourself and they ask a question in the middle of it. And then I kind of got derailed from it. And I'm like, well, I guess I just won't finish that. And then later on, they come back and ask me questions that I would have addressed. And so you still want to have those uh, questions prepared. And the most, the biggest one is going to be, why are you getting out? So you might not actually get to it because you might get caught in conversation. But before you leave that interview, they're probably going to ask you. And I would encourage you, even if they don't ask, you know, when they say like, hey, is there anything you want to say in closing, address why you're getting out. Because that, that is a really big thing that even if they don't remember to ask you that, you want to make sure that they know uh, why you're getting out and what you're looking forward to. Um, so as you're, as you're preparing to have this three to five minute monologue, I really recommend you write it out. Not so that you have a script, but so that you have an idea of what you're going to say. As I record all these podcasts, I have the associated uh, blog post in front of me. So I make sure I have kind of a general idea of what I'm going to say. I'm not reading it word for word. There's plenty of uhs and ums, but I always write it out. And I'd recommend the same for this. Tell me about yourself. You don't have to write out in script form, but you should have a decent amount of bullets that allow you to, to sort of internalize how you're going to transition through this story. You certainly don't want to have it scripted because then you come off as a robot and nobody wants to hear from a robot. But you do want to have an idea of what you're trying to say so you come off as articulate, polished, uh, and, and somebody who, who, who knows what they're doing there and, and knows what they want to do next. And so, again, you don't need the script, but you should have a pretty detailed layout of what you're going to talk about and why you're going to talk about it. So now that you've got the long form down, you want to move into the 30-second, that elevator pitch that we talked about. And obviously, we start with the big version because that's the the more work, and then it's easier to take that big three- to five-minute version and condense it down into 30 seconds. Again, this this 30-second pitch, you're probably never going to actually say this on an elevator, but when you go up to these job booths, and I've been in this situation, and I did not, at the time this happened, I did not have an elevator pitch prepared, they're going to say, hey, give me your pitch. Tell me about yourself. Uh, and they only want 20 to 30, 30 seconds. So the question is, like, what do you talk about? 
they don't know you yet. You probably haven't even introduced yourself. So in this situation, you actually want to shake their hand and introduce yourself. Don't use your rank. Again, you want to be open about the fact that you're getting out of the military, but I don't care what kind of job conference it is. Do not introduce yourself as Lieutenant so-and-so or Sergeant whatever. You are first name, last name. That's it. I've seen job fairs where they say you can come in uniform of the day. Don't fucking show up in uniform of the day. That is the worst message that that you could possibly send, that you're not ready to get out. Take the day of leave. If you have to take leave, your command should give you the, the day to go interview. But whatever the case is, don't freaking wear a uniform. That is so bad. I've been to job conferences where they say uniform of the day is allowed. And I'm like, you guys shouldn't even allow that. You should tell them it's not acceptable because they're trying to get a civilian job. Nobody wants to see them in their, in their freaking uniform of the day. But anyway, you need to introduce yourself, introduce yourself first and last name. Keep it at that. You don't have time to really cover your background, like your personal story, so I would leave that out here. That's really not something you really have time to dwell on. I'd probably leave out college unless you really want to quickly mention where you went. You want to hit on your professional experience here and why they should give you an interview, right? That's literally what you're asking for in this 20 to 30 seconds is why they should give you an interview. So you want to hit on really quickly what are what is one or maybe two big successes that you had and how it's relevant to what that company does and why they should give you an interview, and you also want to talk about like how that's what how what they do is what you want to do professionally long term and then how you would add value to the organization. So really you can kind of encompass that in one or two sentences, maybe three sentences that's like, hey, this was my success. This is what I want to do professionally and and I was really good at it and this is how I add org- uh, value to your organization. And then really quickly in that last 5 seconds say, and this is why you should give me an interview or this is why I would love time to talk with you more uh, in a, in a longer form setting about w- uh, why I think I'm a great candidate for this position. So you want to ask, you got to ask, you know, in sales, they always say like, always be closing with your elevator pitch. You want to be always be closing. You want to close and ask for that interview. Don't force them to offer it to you. Just ask for it and force them to say no. So in summary, introduce yourself. Where did you go to college is optional. If you want to mention it, professional experience, one to two sentences, what you're looking to do professionally, one to two sentences, and how you would add value to the organization, one to two sentences. Really think of this as one section, but those are the three things that you want to hit. And then lastly, ask for the interview. So, you know, again, I would say like the whole thing I started off with is the real key here is building that personal connection right off the bat. Like you're on a first date, people are going to get that initial first impression of you and that introduction where you're telling them about yourself is your opportunity to make that personal introduction. Uh, and so I would really encourage you to, to kind of uh, encapsulate, you know, try to find a way to build that connection with people. And it doesn't have to be a story that they necessarily relate to. It just needs to be a story that obviously is really close to you and allows them to get to know you quickly. And then you can transition to talking about professional stuff. But when you first start out, you want to build that personal connection as best you can, because a lot of times it really comes down to who they like. So that's it. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for listening. As we close every podcast, I want to close it up with my favorite quote, which is a Winston Churchill quote, which is success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Uh, And so what I would say with that is no matter how many interviews you have that you fail at or how many interviews you have that you're successful at, it's never over. The transition's never over. Like I said at the outset, I'm still learning. I'm always learning. Uh, and, and, and you guys are going to be as well as you go through this process. And so no matter how many no's you get at interviews, just realize you only need one yes. And even when you do get that one yes and you get that first job, you might go to a second job. 
you know, a lot of veterans go from their first, uh, you know, leave their first job out of the military uh, within like one to two years, like 60, 70%, some number, I forget what it is. But a lot of veterans leave their first job when they get out. And that's okay. But that means that, hey, you can't, it's not over. The transition is not over because you get that first job because you might not like it and you might move on to your next one. I was just talking to a fellow um, Air Force Academy grad uh, a couple of days ago. He's interviewing for a job with Capital One and he said, you know, hey, would it burn you guys? He was talking to me and, and another buddy at Capital One who's a, a West Point guy, and he was talking with us, and he said, hey, if I get this job and then I leave a year or two later, is it going to burn you guys? And we said, absolutely not. Like, you do you. I was like, I think you're going to love Capital One. It's a great company, um, and I think there's a lot of great things you're going to like about it, and I think it's going to work out, but it's not going to burn us. And, you know, but just he was just touching on this fact that he's heard that so many veterans leave their first job. And I said, I don't think you're going to be in that situation with Capital One. I think you'll stick around for a while before you move on. But at the bottom line is that success is never final. You, you know, whether it's your first job or your fourth job, you can go look on a lot of veterans on LinkedIn and see how many jobs they've had. It's never final. You're always getting ready for the next interview. So no matter where you are in your transition, just remember that. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. Uh, this is the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast, and I'm your host, Pat Bergstresser, signing off. You've been listening to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast. For more transition tips and content, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out transitionvetcoach.com. Thanks so much for your service and all you do. As always, if you have any questions, email Pat directly at pat at transitionvetcoach.com. <laughs>